Coming up just ahead on You Have Real Estate with me, attorney Justin Clark. If you're looking to buy a house, should you buy a house with a pool? Or if you already own a house, should you build a pool in your own house? All right ahead, You Have Real Estate. Welcome to You Have Real Estate with attorney Justin Clark. Welcome to You Have Real Estate with me, attorney Justin Clark. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, seasoned investor, or you're looking to sell your home, this next 30 minutes is designed for you. Think of it like taking multiple open house tours with me, all from your living room, with my attorney advice throughout the way. If you have any questions throughout the show, I have people standing by right now, 407 205 4 Zero, zero. Plenty of information is also on the website, or you can contact me on the website, youhavepower.com. Before we begin, it's time for my opening statement. You know, one of the biggest questions that we get here at You Have Real Estate is always the pool versus no pool debate. While I really don't think there's a proper answer of do you get a pool or do you not get a pool, there's certainly some pros and cons that you need to think about before you either have a pool built or buy a house with a pool. Again, no right answer, but certainly pros and cons. Maybe even some cons that are hidden that you didn't think about. First, let's look at value, okay? So if you're going to buy a house in a neighborhood with a lot of other pools, I mean, your house is going to kind of stay with the same value. But what if you're looking in a neighborhood that doesn't have houses with a lot of pools? This could actually hurt you when you go to sell your home because your house is going to be priced higher than some of your neighbors. So maybe they're going to say, look, I'm going to go buy the house down the street for $250 as opposed to paying $300 for this house with a pool. So it really could hurt you on the value for resale as well if you're in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of pools. So there are plenty of things to think about when you have the pool versus no pool debate. Let's look at some of the pros. I mean, I think one of the obvious ones is exercise. Now, while most of my friends, it seems, are, are hanging out with the corona next to their pool, I guess that you know some people do swim laps, so it is good for exercise. And it just looks cool. It's relaxing. I mean, think about sitting in your living room, looking out the, the back windows, and you see the pool. It's relaxing. It's a, it's a mental thing. And there is a value associated with it being relaxing to you. Maybe also you don't go out to as many dinners. You think, hey, we're just going to have a barbecue at home tonight. And I think that saves money as opposed to going out to eat. So it's fun to hang out in the backyard. You have friends over. But I also think it can save money because you're going to stay home as opposed to going out to the restaurant and spending 200 bucks. And lastly, and probably the most important part of it is kids love it. If you have kids, they are going to love having a pool. They're going to love having their friends over. And really, the pool is all about the kids. So I think those are the real main pros that I can think about when it comes to whether you're going to build a pool or buy a house with a pool. But the cons, I'm telling you, the cons list is longer. Upkeep, the monthly upkeep, the yearly upkeep. I have it at about $3,000 a year, really, because you've got to either have someone come by and do all the work or you've got to go buy the chemicals and do it yourself. And look, not all of us are scientists. You know, we don't know how to pH balance ourselves. So most people are going to go hire someone to take care of the pool. The electricity bill every month is going to be higher. The insurance bill every month is going to be higher. One of my biggest fears, I have a one-year-old kid at home. It's scary. I mean, you really need to make sure that you have that net around the pool when you have a one-year-old. You know how active one-year-olds are? I mean, they're into everything. At least mine is. My little meal is into absolutely everything. So it is dangerous. It is scary being a parent and having a young child around a pool. There's also liability, right? You have a party. People are drinking. People get injured. There is liability involved with having a pool as well. 
And then also, you know, if something goes wrong with a pool, it is expensive to fix. If you've ever had a pool that had a major issue, you know that it is an expensive process to fix. So in conclusion, what I really think of is, do you have kids? I mean, do you have young kids especially? Because if you do, I think it's worth having a pool. If, you, if you're empty nesters, I really don't know that it's worth it. I mean, the decision is ultimately yours, but I really think before you go to decide you want to build a pool at your existing home or buy a home with a pool, you need to really go through the pros and cons before you do so. And that is my opening statement. Now we're joined by two very, very special guests. Now, I'm sorry to make the stage today seem so ugly because you guys make it seem so perfect, right? So I'm, I'm really sorry to do that to you. I have Jen King with Orlando Luxury Homes with me and Angela McCloskey of Keller Williams at the Park. Ladies, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you for having us. So Jen, you just moved over to Orlando Luxury Homes. Great group over there. Sue yeah. and Lou, they're, they're awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, Great definitely. group to work with. What do you think about pools? Do I, do I buy a house with a pool? Do I build a pool? Or do I stay away from it altogether? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that um, what you said about being an empty nester or having young kids is, is very true. Uh, if you have kids, uh, most people do want pools. And it depends on the price range, too. So um, if, you're, if I'm trying to sell a home that's 400 and up, um, I think it, it definitely helps to have a pool. It's kind of, it's kind of difficult to sell a house um, over 400 without a pool, most people, since most people want them. Really? Yeah. Good deal. Uh, what about the screens around the pools? Do people really want the screens or do they want no screen? What are you finding out there? Um, I would say most people do want the screens, although I've, I've recently worked with someone that uh, was coming from South Florida and she said that most people down there have open air pools. Really? And I think that um, you kind of have to weigh it out because the open air pools get more sun and they tend to be warmer. Uh, but the uh, enclosures kind of give you an outdoor living space where you don't get elements in, the bugs. You can enjoy you know, staying outdoors without you know, getting bit. I know you're a Lake Mary girl. I'm scared to death of bears coming in my pool area. I mean, really, that's why I have a screen. We have gators and bears in my neighborhood. I, that makes me feel a little protected from from the wildlife in, up in Lake Mary. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would prefer, I prefer a, a screen just for keeping things out, you know? Jen King, the, the million dollar question is this. How is the market now? We've been hearing about, oh, it's a seller's market. It's a seller's market. What's going on out there now? <laughs> I mean, I feel like, um, you know, it, it is still a seller's market. Um, under 350, the market's very tight. As you get up into the higher ranges, you have um, a little more um, a little more flexibility. Um, you know, uh, the houses are sitting a little bit longer. But actually, even the luxury market is moving right now, really? even faster than it was a year ago. So what at what price point do you really consider luxury versus regular market? Is there a certain number that really separates the two? Um, I mean, just my opinion would be, you know, maybe like 450, 500 yeah. and up and then how long do you see properties really sitting on the market right now in that range um two to four months okay but i mean some of them are, are going really quick i mean there was a, a home in aliqua lakes a couple of weeks ago that was two million dollars and had multiple offers on it and went in a few days when you're working with a buyer who, who's going in and really trying to send in a low ball offer so to speak i mean will you even do that is it worth doing it right now a lot of people they want to get a good deal i get that but it, it seems like these low ball offers really aren't getting people anywhere well, I mean, I, I do what my clients ask me to, so if they really wanted me to, but I would advise them that um, sometimes it kind of um, creates a sour, um, you know, feeling between the buyer and the seller. If it's too far off, you don't mm -hmm. want to insult them. Right. Um, and if it's a, a good house in a good condition and with a good price, you're not going to get a whole lot off of it. When someone does put an offer in that's substantially low, too low, you know it's too low, do you, do you find mm -hmm. that the owner at sometimes will say, I'm not dealing with them anymore, I'm not even going to counter? 
Absolutely. So they won't even counter sometimes. Yeah, and we encourage them to. I say, don't take it personally. Right. You know, if you're on the buyer's side, you're going to try to get a good deal too. But um, yeah, we, we try to just collaborate, keep everybody um, moving towards the same goal. You know, we have a lot of great realtors out mm-hmm. there. And I think sometimes the general public who are buying or selling a home get concerned with the 6% commission. They're like, wow, there's this, if you're selling a house for 300 grand, that's what, $18,000, right? So first of all, the whole $18,000 isn't going to you as the listing agent, right? No, no. I mean, we have to split it with our brokerage. We have a lot of marketing fees involved. We might have, you know, might have do videos. We have to pay for a lot of advertising, especially, you know, in the higher end luxury properties. And not only that, what if there's a, a broker working for the buyer or an agent working for the buyer? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're splitting. At, at best, we're getting three and three, right? If there's, yeah. if there's an agent on both sides. Yeah. And then I, I think that a lot of people out there think that that entire, let's say you're getting 3%. Is just straight profit for you. I mean, yeah. you have expenses. You're running your own business, are you not? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not all going to you. Now, I know you brought a couple of properties to show us today, and I looked at these before too, and really awesome properties. I know you really focus on that that Lake Mary, Longwood, Markham Woods sort of corridor exactly. up there, which is a you know a great part of Seminole County for sure. So, let's take a couple of tours. You ready to go? Sure. All right. Show me Brackenhurst up in Lake Mary. Tell me about this house. Okay, it's a 1793 Brackenhurst Place in Lake Mary. It's located in the community of Carisbrook. It's a kind of a hidden gem at the end of Markham Woods Road. Quiet, gated community of only about 50 home sites on all acre lots. It's a four bedroom, four bath, 400, uh, excuse me, 4,189 square foot impeccably maintained custom built home on an acre. The gorgeous backyard feels like a park. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> it's really <wow>. nice. <laughs> it's a two story home with the master's secondary bedrooms and office all on the first floor. The bonus and media room and the fourth bedroom guest suite are all on the second floor. The incredible pool area looks like a resort and has a $40,000 custom enclosure with columns. It's a great place to entertain. Wow, look at that outdoor area. <laughs> yeah. now, now I do want a pool for sure. But you know, a lot of times when you have a house with a pool, I mean, if you look at that one right there, it takes away your entire yard space. I mean, this one has a pool and like an awesome yeah, backyard too. Yeah, Which you, you don't see that a lot. What's the price point on this house? Um, it's uh, $849,900. Wow. Now, do you think if that house was in a neighborhood next door, like Alaquah Lakes, would it be more? Or do you think that would be about the same price? Oh, it would be more. So, I mean, that's that's great. And and it's a much smaller neighborhood than the Heathrow or Alaquah, right? It is. It's pretty quiet and nice and and close to a lot of amenities and recreational things. And it seems like the houses aren't quite as close together either, you know, which I think is pretty huge. All right, awesome. If you have any questions about that house, you want to reach out to Jen King, 407-205. 0400. We'll also post the house on the website, youhavepower.com. Now, we're just going to go right down the street, I believe. It's technically Longwood, but you know, maybe a mile away from, from the first house. Let's go to Bermuda Grove. Tell me about this one. Okay, this is uh, 4086 Bermuda Grove Place in Longwood. It's located in the gorgeous, guard-gated golf course community of Aliqua Lakes. This is a sprawling custom golf front dream home built by Dave Brewer. It's five bedrooms, five baths, and two half baths, and a four-car garage. It's 5,800 square feet. Wow. <laughs> built in 2003. It was built for fun and entertainment. They actually had a, a couple of teenagers, and they have a putting green on the side of the house <laughs> and a, an oversized sport court behind the pool. One wing even has a game room with a bar. There's an exercise room and a media room upstairs. The incredible pool has a stone waterfall and hot tub, and the huge lanai includes a summer kitchen. Uh, the asking price on this one is uh, one million two hundred ninety-nine 
the 900, uh, sorry, 1.299900, just it, under 1.3. Is that all on one floor or no? Or it looks like most of it is. Most of it's on one floor. Um, and then there's a guest suite and a media room upstairs. Do people like that? Do people like all the living area on one floor typically? I would say that most people do. Although the lady from South Florida was telling me that a lot of people prefer upstairs really? <laughs> what do you think we do once the kids graduate with the basketball court? You know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, honey, do you want to go yeah. out and play some, shoot some hoops in you the ha- backyard? Have a lot of parties. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> have some parties. Knuckleball. Yeah. Awesome house. Again, if you have questions, please reach out to Jen King, 407-205-0400. She is with Orlando Luxury Homes, and you're going to stick around for the Real Estate Roundtable, I hope, right? Yes, yes. All right, we'll be right back with you, Jen. Thanks okay. so much for being here. Now, Angela McCloskey joins us as well. She's with Keller Williams at the Parks. And it's funny how I met Angela recently. Uh, we were actually shooting our new television commercials for the law firm. And um, the, the TV station rented a house to shoot them on because we, we shoot all my TV sh- uh, spots on front porches. Mm-hmm. And we rented one of your listings from you to, mm-hmm. to shoot it. I was like, hey, how you doing? Good yeah. to see you. <laughs> so thank you. We're going to try to make that house famous. All right. Just sold yesterday. Oh, good. So. See, you, I mean, look, you can <laughs> kick, me, you. kick me a little commission if, if you want. That's okay. Let's go back to the pool thing with you. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about pools earlier. Are pools good? Are they bad? Does it depend? What are your thoughts on pools? So I personally have a pool. Um, I like to watch my kids swim in it um, and relax by the pool. Uh, I think that it's really a lifestyle choice. I consider it, um, you know, if people ask me about it before, if they're considering adding a pool, um, I usually try and, you know, obviously be honest and say there's definitely a luxury tax associated with the pool. You might spend $50,000 adding a pool, and that's not even an over-the-top pool. But, you know, at come resale, you know, depending on how long you wait to, to sell your home, you're going to get somewhere between, you know, 20, 25, 30,000 appraisal value on that home. So there's definitely, you know, a cost associated with just the enjoyment of the pool. So you think to install a pool, you're looking at an easy 50 grand typically? I mean, basic, basic pools, like 40. Right. Well, yeah. and have you seen any pools like 100, 150 yes. grand? I mean, they can get up to that expensive. You can spend... 300,000 easy if you really want it to. So so let me guess, if I were to put in a pool, even if it's 50 grand, mm-hmm. and I you know, I spend the 50 grand cash, my house value is not going to go up 50 grand. No. It's definitely not, is no. it? So it's really, if it, you just want that lifestyle, mm-hmm. do it, but it's not necessarily the best investment. Consider it like buying a car, you know, so to speak, because you're really not gonna get the full value. Correct. What about outdoor kitchens? What do you think about outdoor kitchens? Um, also a luxury item, as far as I would be concerned, um, concerned as um, far as resale at least. There's, you know, if you want it to, uh, you have to, you do have to look like you were saying at the other homes in the area, whether or not they all have them or not. Um, and then, especially if not, it's a matter of enjoyment for you. Right. Is there's definitely a cost associated with that? Let's say that you're my listing agent, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking to sell my home, of course. Mm-hmm. But I just put in this brand new Frigidaire refrigerator and washer and dryer. I'm like, there's no way I'm selling the house with that. How do we normally deal with appliances? So you do have the option of taking those with you. You write it into the listing agreement, and it's disclosed up front that they're not staying. If they're, um, you know, that along with other things, they can be replaced. I tell people if there's not, if there's something you could never part with for any amount of money, put it in storage and replace it with something else right. before pictures. Would you say that's kind of abnormal though to say that you're taking your refrigerator with you? Um, 
It depends. Some people are really, really picky. Really? If they drop 20 grand on a fridge, mm-hmm. they're taking it with them. Is that right? Yeah. And how do buyers normally react to that? No, I mean, I would advise them to replace it with something else. Okay. Yeah. Before you start showing the house or, or after? Yeah. For okay. something like that. Right. Um, washers and dryers, that's probably about 50-50, maybe 40-60. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a lot of times my rule of thumb is don't give away something that you can negotiate away. So if you really want to take the washer and dryer with you, exclude it from the listing. And then at the end, when you get an offer that you're okay with, or maybe a little bit more, you can leave the washer and dryer and get yourself a brand new one later. Right. I mean, does that become a negotiation tactic at the end sometimes? They're like, oh, well, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going up to 400, but if you leave the furniture or if you leave the appliances, I'll do it. Does that become a negotiation at the end? It can. Yeah. It depends on the buyer and the seller. How about things like blinds, light fixtures? What are some other issues and, and other items that, that might stay with the house might go? Um, so typically light fixtures stay if it's a, you know, especially anything that's electrical, Mm -hmm. that would typically stay. Um, it can be excluded, but people may ask for it to be left in and then it becomes a negotiation tool. Again, you know, a third generation family chandelier, you're never going to part with, remove it. Got it. Before. Yeah, I mean, I guess people can't fall in love with inanimate objects, but, you know, it, maybe it's a family heirloom, but it's a refrigerator. Come I've on. had people ask for pets before. Yeah? Mm-hmm. A pet? Yes. It's absurd. A main cat. Don't you cat. think? <laughs> Let's say that I am selling a house, okay? So I've already told them that I'm keeping the refrigerator, but maybe I know about some defects with my home. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that I really do need to disclose and some things I don't need to disclose? Well, you're going to pull the whole, hey, you're the lawyer, aren't well, you? Well, uh, I would refer them to you, <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and say you should consult with a real estate attorney. Right. I, um, I always, you know, it's not federal law to complete mm. the seller's disclosure, but I do try and explain to my sellers, especially put yourself in the buyer's position. You want to know, um, you know, for the best offer that you want to receive, they need to have as much peace of mind up front so completing the seller's disclosure as complete as possible um, as accurately as possible um, and you can definitely be held liable later if right. it's proven that you lie on the seller's disclosure from the time that you get a contract in until closing mm-hmm. things can happen you've seen closings blow up a thousand times i'm sure what are some of the general things that you see happen that will make the contract not close um number one i would say is inspections um either buyer's false sense of what should be expected up front or um, you know maybe unknown seller you know issues about the house um, and then not being able to come to terms right. um, financing can play a part but um, you know when I have a listing I do the absolute best job I can up front when we mm-hmm. receive an offer to talk to the buyer's lender and go through how far along they are qualified and I'll, you know try and reduce the amount of uncertainty as much as possible Angela McCloskey Keller Williams at the parks are you ready to take us on a tour yes I am we're ready to see these properties all right let's Perfect. start at East Preston where okay. is this property? Um, both of my listings are in College Park. You're like the College Park wizard, it seems like. College huh? you Park have is so, awesome. You have so many. What do you think about College Park? I mean, it is a really cool neighborhood, is it not? I love College Park. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on the College Please, Park train. Go okay. ahead. I live in College Park. Are, are you on like the uh, welcome wagon for College Park I or am, something? Oh, really? I am. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but um, I, I think College Park is wonderful. It's a very small town feel. Yeah. 
five to ten minutes from downtown Orlando. Right. It's awesome because you don't have to deal with the commutes. You can get to downtown ten different ways if there's an accident. Right. You know, I, I just love it. All right, so. East Preston mm-hmm. College Park. Tell me about this house. Okay, this is 16 East Preston Street, 32804. It is uh, close to I-4, actually, but not too close. Uh, It's a brand new construction, just completed in February of this year. It's ICF construction. It's a four bedroom, three bathroom home, just over 3,100 square feet. Um, Lots of bells and whistles on this house. Very high end quality of construction, um, all custom, um, handmade, all wood cabinetry throughout the house, natural gas from the street for all the appliances and the fireplace, 10 foot ceilings downstairs, um, engineered oak floors, um, just uh, actually it has a mudroom that most homes here don't have, but if you have multiple kids in sports, (laughs) it's amazing. It's actually one of my favorite rooms because you can just dump all their stuff in there and close the door and none of your guests see it. It's awesome. It's good for kids or if you live in Alaska. (laughs) Well, you know, um, or if you play a lot of golf. There you go. Exactly right. (laughs) How is the I-4 construction affecting College Park, if at all? Um, I would say it only, if well, I-4 in general really only affects College Park when there's a major accident because mm-hmm. we get more traffic through Edgewater. Gotcha. <laughs> but um, it, it's, you know, there are the, the, the homes right along the road. Right. But I think over time it'll be better as they finish the, the high barrier walls. Um, and you're still, you know, there, there is a trade-off. I mean, my listings are priced similarly to Jen's, and you get a lot less, mm-hmm. except you're trading for convenience. How would you compare, because College Park is, is considered downtownish, for sure, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. How mm-hmm. would you compare you know, price per square foot in a College Park type area versus mm-hmm. like a Lake Mary, Heathrow area? Is it, is it similar, would you say? Um, no. No. <laughs> um, so these homes typically run, so like this home at 16 East Preston, it's 3,115 square feet. Um, we just reduced the price. Mm-hmm. Asking price is seven ninety nine. So, uh, you know, you get a lot more space and square footage in Lake Mary and Sanford mm-hmm. and, and Longwood, um, you know but gotcha. you don't have a 45 minute drive. So it is a little bit more expensive per square foot to live mm-hmm. in College Park than the suburbs like Lake Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. All right, that is East Preston. If you have questions for Angela McCloskey, 407-205-0400. Yeah, they're, oh. they're, they're gonna call and I'm gonna hook them right up with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I promise. <laughs> Or, and we're also going to post it on our website, youhavepower.com. So Angela McCloskey, one more property, mm-hmm. West Orlando. Yes. Tell me about this one. This is a home. Uh, the address is 208 West Orlando Street. It is um, in College Park in the Princeton School District, which is very high um, desirability. So it's actually a two and a half minute walk. I walked it myself oh, wow. just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very close to the- Was it a run walk or like a regular walk? Well, I do walk <laughs> fast yeah, yeah, yeah. normally, but I was not running. I was okay. not winded at the end. I got you. Um, so it's very close to the College Park Community Center. Um, also only, it's right off of Princeton, close to I-4. Uh, so also very convenient location. It's a home that was built in 2007. It's a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath uh, with an open loft upstairs. And then it also has an attached um, bonus room to the master, which could be perfect for a nursery, office, workout room. Um, 
and the benefit, um, the great thing about this house is it is newer construction. College Park, you get a lot of homes, 1935, 1945. Um, this home was, is, is newer construction, and the bedrooms are much larger than you normally find in College Park. So someone just tore down a house in 2007 and built a brand new one, essentially, you think? Um, well, this was a builder that okay. they had. Um, they basically had um, the city approve a lot split. So these I are see. smaller lots. I got you. And they... They fit a lot of homes. Beautiful. Any questions for Angela McCloskey? You want to put an offer in on these properties? 407-205-0400. Thank you very much for being here. You're going to stick around for the Real Estate Roundtable, I hope, right? I am. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Real Estate Roundtable. All right, this is where you have an opportunity to ask us questions. Go to the website, youhavepower.com. Send your message right there, and we might answer your question next week right here on You Have Real Estate. Let's go to David up in Lake Mary. I'm looking to buy a house that once had sinkhole damage. Ooh, should I buy it? <laughs> tough question. Sorry oh. sorry for the tough question, but <laughs> no blame problem. David, not Justin Clark. <laughs> Well, I've, I've actually had a, a few buyers that have looked at houses before with previous sinkhole damage, and uh, you just want to do a lot of research, a lot of extra due diligence to try to look into it. Um, as you know, if, if they properly fixed it, um, you know, with engineers and proper um, stabilization under, underneath, you might be totally fine. The one thing to think about <clears throat> is that um, quite often the insurance is higher, considerably higher, when you purchase a property that has had prior sinkhole damage. Yep. So you just have to weigh it out. Angela? Um, I would also advise them. So my recommendation would be actually to call um, their insurance agent or mine, mm -hmm. who's awesome. I've talked to him about this matter before. Um, and it is of his opinion that typically, like if they're done correctly, um, that they're more uh, stable than some of the other homes around them that never had a sinkhole claim. And they have access to pull the reports right. and stuff. I mean, maybe instead of just paying 400 bucks for the inspection, though, maybe we need to do a little extra inspecting yeah. on the house. Of you know course, what I mean? Absolutely. I, think, I think that would be the key. So if yes. you're going to buy a sinkhole house, we're not saying no, but make sure you get an extra inspection done mm -hmm. to really check the stability. Because the last thing you engineer. want is this house sinking into the ground, I would think. You right, know, it's absolutely. pretty pretty scary proposition. Jason in Orlando, I'm looking to start investing in real estate. Should I start by buying condos? Angela McCloskey. Um, I would say it might depend on the specific condo. Uh, there's a lot of pros and cons to condos. Uh, it depends on the price point, but usually um, with the HOA fees and sometimes risks associated with condos, it might not be the best option to start investing. Jose and Kissimmee ask, are we going to have a market correction soon? Jen King. Uh, well, you know, we've been hearing the whisperings for a couple of years, but really, I, I think it's just going to be kind of um, a, I, no, I don't think it's going to be a crash. I think it's going to just be a slowdown of the appreciation because we've had some high appreciation mm -hmm. for the last couple of years. Right. Max and Oviedo says, what are some inexpensive repairs that will maximize the value in my home? Um, in general? Yeah, like to sell. Oh, to, to sell. Um, I would definitely invest in um, minimal, nice landscaping. Curb appeal goes a long way in photos and first impressions. Um, possibly repainting and maybe doing some updates to the kitchen and baths. Yeah. What do you think, Jen? 
Oh yeah, that's a, a flooring, paint, that's the, the most simple thing and it can make the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. Curb appeal and paint seem to be pretty important things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because we eat with our eyes first, so yes. to speak. So if they could drive by and they fall out of love with your house already, mm -hmm. they're not gonna buy your house. Angela McCloskey, Jen King, thank you so much for being with me today. Come join us anytime. And most importantly, thank you for joining us today. We're here every single Saturday, 12.30 p.m. If you have any questions whatsoever about anything we covered today, the phone number 407-205-0400, the website youhavepower.com. I'm attorney Justin Clark, and I'll see you right back here next week for You Have Real Estate. If you have a question you would like answered on an upcoming episode of You Have Real Estate with attorney Justin Clark, call 407-205-0400. Are you considering selling your home and would like to have it featured right here on our show? Or would you like to get pre-approved for a mortgage to buy your dream home? Give us a call, 407-205-0400. You have real estate.